Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good Monday morning. Trading is muted in Asia-Pacific markets this morning. Investors appear to be moving cautiously ahead of the U.S. Open tonight. Tokyo is up about a quarter percent. Seoul is in positive territory as well, but Sydney is trending lower. So what does this week have in store for markets? Joining me now to help answer that question, he's Ryan Huang. Good Monday morning, Ryan. Happy Monday, Michelle. How's your weekend? Really, really good. Filled with great food and yours. <laughs> Pretty much the same. Good food, good company. What more could I ask? Yeah, sounds perfect. Now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and S&P 500 both finished at record highs on Friday. The Dow chalked up a 4% gain for the week. Even the Nasdaq, which has come under some selling pressure, finished up more than 3% last week. So, Ryan, if we look ahead, what are perhaps one or two words that you think will define investor focus for this week? Okay, I'm going to go with central banks. And oh. That is because of all the tantrums around bond yields. And you've got not just the big headline around the Fed, you've got also the BOJ in Japan, you've got the Bank of England later this week, also Bank Indonesia, and also the central bank in Taiwan will be in action. So central banks will be in focus as we try to navigate the tantrums around bond yields this uh, week yet again. Yes, I agree. For me, it's bond yields. Uh, on Friday, the yield of the 10-year US Treasury note rose to more than 1.64%. That is its highest level in more than a year. Now, Ryan, related to that point is the upcoming meeting of the US Federal Reserve this week. No one is expecting the Fed to change interest rates or to amend its easy money policy. So what are markets going to be looking Yeah, no changes on the headline rate. So we've got investors looking forward to the statement as well as the projection. So this is an FYPC meeting that will come along with projections for what's going to come down the road in terms of an outlook for the year. So what we are looking out for is a upwards revision for economic growth, showing that we are on the pickup in terms of a stronger U.S. economy. And that is certainly the case if you look at some of the indicators mm-hmm. uh, in recent times. So that could be coming forth. So that could be an encouragement for maybe bond yields to tick up even higher. So with that theme of bond yields going up, you might see a pattern repeating, which we saw last week, how investors have been rotating away from growth and tech names towards the value stocks. So that was what happened last week and we saw Tesla and Apple under pressure and you saw the banks and the energy sector doing better. So that could be a, well, deja vu again if we see the likes of that happening when we have the FOMC deciding what to do next in terms of um, commentary and guidance for the year ahead. So that will be the Fed Chair Jerome Powell Q&A on Thursday morning. Meanwhile, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is playing down the likelihood of inflation. She says that the risk of inflation is, quote, small and manageable. Next up, I want to turn to the cryptocurrency markets. Over the weekend, Bitcoin hit a new record high, this time surpassing 60,000 US dollars. For the second time this year, the total value of all Bitcoin in circulation topped 1 trillion US dollars. A couple more numbers now to put Bitcoin's ascent into context. Since the start of the year, over the past 10 weeks, Bitcoin's value has doubled. Over the past year, it soared more than 
12-fold. So Ryan, Bitcoin enthusiasts argue that this rally is different from previous ones. Why is that? Yeah, those are the most dangerous words. This time it will be different. (laughs) And if you go by that argument, what they are looking at is how there is now even more so-called mainstream adoption and backing by the likes of huge companies like Tesla. You've got the payment company from Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, Square. So they've also plowed their monies into Bitcoin as a form of diversification for the treasuries. And you've got financial institutions like MasterCard, PayPal, also saying they will allow more services around cryptocurrencies. So all that really lifting the... I'm not sure if this is the right word now, bubble around Bitcoin right now. And you've talked about how it's doubled in value since the start of the year. So that is a huge rise. It's also worth noting that it's just not too long ago, back in 2018, where we saw a very similar conversation where we had Bitcoin at record levels and you had this divisive community or at least opinion in the community saying, you know, it's not going to go up anymore. And one side saying it's going to go down. So that eventually went down before it came up again. So it is also, in a sense, interesting to see how this might be history repeating. Will we see it come down again after hitting a new high? But you've got now a slightly different landscape where you now have more business people, more banks also starting to get on board the Bitcoin bandwagon. So it will be interesting times where you have Bitcoin reaching new highs alongside bond yields yeah. and you also have stock markets going new highs. Mm. So who is going to be the first to blink? That will be interesting Interesting to watch. You know, on the point of institutional bets, Tesla's bet on Bitcoin really appears to be reaping dividends. On paper, Tesla has made more than $1 billion US dollars on its Bitcoin purchases. Let's turn to China now in just about 45 minutes at about 10 a.m. Beijing is going to release several key economic figures for the first two months of this year. Now, these should give investors a clearer picture about the state of the consumer recovery in China. Among the numbers to be released are retail sales, industrial output, fixed asset investment, unemployment rate. Now, China doesn't release figures for January because of Chinese New Year. So this is really going to be our first chance of the year to check in on China's economy. Mm. So Ryan, what should we be looking for? I've heard the term eye-popping being thrown around. (laughs) Yeah, a bit of a data dump to watch out for this Monday morning. And this is around a few Chinese indicators around industrial output, retail sales, fixed income assets and jobless rate numbers. And it will be eye-popping in the sense that Last year, of course, COVID-19 happened and we had an impact of COVID-19 on the numbers. So it will be a bit of base level effects playing out where you have a bit of a jump from those low levels. And we are looking at industrial output up by around 32.2%. Retail sales possibly coming through at 32%. Fixed asset investments up 40.9%. And the jobless rate coming in at 5.2%. So really spectacular percentage numbers. Also worth noting, it might be also further distorted by a few factors. You have the Lunar New Year break. And now that comes with the lockdowns, restrictions. People can't travel. So you have people putting aside their monies they will have used for travel and whatnot and maybe spending it elsewhere. You also have the fact that now with the restrictions and the Lunar New Year break, lockdowns, some people did not travel and could stay at the factories longer. So industrial output activity would be 
higher than usual than what you would normally get around the festive season where you have a long stretch of holidays with factories down for quite some time around the Lunar New Year uh, window. So that is not playing out this year. And of course, the first one in, first one out factor, China is bouncing back. There'll be one to watch. So it will be eye-popping in terms of headline numbers, but mm. you have to take things into context to see if the activity levels on the absolute level are there as well as sustained for the months to come. So we're looking at an export-led industrial boom, possibly. Whatever the actual numbers, the data should confirm that China is the only major economy in the world to be fully recovering from the pandemic. Chinese stocks, though, do not appear to be sharing in that enthusiasm. The CSI 300 is down more than 11% over the past month. So why the disconnect? It is interesting to see how things are coming off for the Chinese stock market. It could be an omen for the rest of the world in terms of stock market action. So what's been happening in the past year is Chinese stock markets really going up. And that is off the back of a huge retail frenzy. A lot of people jumping on the Chinese stock market bandwagon. And that has really pushed valuations to astronomical levels. So I look at this uh, liquor maker. You might be familiar with this name. It's Kui Chao Maotai. It's trading at around 60 times earnings, and this is the highest levels in nearly 14 years. And you have around 600 or so companies also trading around high levels. In fact, price of earning multiples more than 100 times. And then you have a couple of factors coming into play in recent weeks. The 10-year treasury yields in the US pushing up higher, indicating that, hey, maybe we are seeing a faster than expected recovery. So you have a sell-off in the growth names, especially technology names. And if you look at the big three, ATM, Alibaba, Tencent, and the big um, one of the other companies that we are tracking in China around technology, that is coming off because of the tech sell-off. So you also have the launch of new funds in China that is also slowing down. So you have less interest in the fund space, buying up companies. So you have a bit of momentum slowing down around the Chinese retail space, at least for stocks. So that is becoming a bit of a vicious cycle. I want to turn to aviation news now. Uh, and there are two stories that have caught my eye, one over in the US, the other here in APEC. And both stories appear to be positive. So I want to start with the US. What is the latest? What have we learned about the number of people who are traveling? Okay, it is encouraging numbers. And if I look at what the TSA is reporting, more than 1.3 million people were screened. And that is the highest number of passengers on a single day in nearly a year. So that is showing air travel is at least on that front picking up after a challenging year for airlines. So mm. it is a bright spot that maybe it is starting to turn around. Of course, airlines really need the revival in the passenger demand after trying to survive a very tough year. And that is going to be interesting to see what it will mean for airline stocks down the week. Now, here at home, the Singapore government and Australia, they're moving closer towards creating a travel bubble. So, Ryan, will we be able to travel down under soon without undergoing a quarantine? Well, that could be the case, fingers crossed, because discussions are underway between Singapore and Australia to set up a travel bubble. And you might remember something similar happening in Hong Kong before things were derailed with a 
um, abrupt spike in cases, and that was of course put on a back burner before things can improve. Can before things improve, so fingers crossed, we will see this between Australia and Singapore happening later this year in the second half, possibly. Um, also interesting to see how there is some media reports from Australia saying we might be setting up to become a bit of a quarantine hub. So people going to Australia could use Singapore as a transit of sorts. But according to the official statements from the MFA, that is not the case yet, at least. All right, so lots to look out for. Australia currently has a one-way travel bubble with New Zealand. And Singapore has a bubble agreement with Hong Kong, though it hasn't kicked in yet because of the number of COVID-19 cases over in Hong Kong. I want to check in on local stocks right now, Ryan. The Straits Times Index fell one-third of a percent on Friday to 30.95. For the week, though, it still gained 2.7%. So how is the SDI doing this Monday morning? And is it challenging the 3,100 level? It is, and in fact, it's up above 31,000, 3,115 right now. It's up 0.6%, so a good start to Monday. And what is worth noting, after all that talk about travel bubbles, we are seeing the travel-related stocks in the green. In fact, STI, only two of them are in the red. And right at the top of the table, we've got SIA up 4.5% at $5.54. SATS, the online or rather the airline caterer, is up 2.3% at $4.47. In terms of hospitality and tourism, that angle, Gunting Singapore is up 1.7% at around 91.5 cents. So that reflecting all the talk we've been hearing from Prime Minister Lin Xianlong as well as Transport Minister Ong Ye Kung saying we might be seeing a form of travel coming back later this year. All right, thanks very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.